Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome in, Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Aki got you until 10 o'clock this Saturday morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the voice of the Central New York sports fan. Football season right around the corner. We're going to get to a lot of stuff on the gridiron in today's show. Also going to hit on a, a little basketball thing. I don't know if anyone saw this during the week, but some new news surfacing out of Darius Baisley's camp. So we'll take a look at that as well later on in the show. But first, be sure to follow us everywhere online. Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, iTunes, Orange Fizz, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And you'll get all the Fizz Radio episodes like this one, as well as more FizzCast. We've got our comprehensive football season preview. That's coming up in about a week and a half, two weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And that should get you all the information you need to know about the 2018 Syracuse Orange football team. A team that I'm going to break down in just a second. But we'll have everyone, or almost everyone, I believe, from the Fizz staff on that one. So be on the lookout for that. Got a lot of great football content coming your way. And if you haven't seen any of these yet, be sure to go online to our website, orangefizz.net. We're running our positional previews right now. So check those out. You'll get all the latest news and notes and, and just a good preview of what you need to know about each position heading into 2018. Going to have J.D. Rochi, a colleague of ours at The Fizz, join me on a little bit later on in the show. Some... Comments made by Dino Babers on the DA show, the man who runs the Fizz, Damon Amendolara. He had Dino Babers on his show earlier in the week. We're going to react to some of those comments that he made on DA's show, so we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, I want to start off with some more football stuff, and really, we're starting to see the defensive line kind of drop like flies in these in this camp so far this season. A lot of injuries to go around. Not that that's really anything new for the defensive line. We saw it last season. Josh Black missed a lot of time. Kendall Coleman missed a lot of time. And really that kind of left Dino Baber scrambling a little bit. Syracuse's defense last year, it wasn't great. And I don't think that's a secret to you or I, but there were times when you thought, wow, this unit might actually have something. It might be getting something going here, especially in the secondary. They had a little stretch where they were playing pretty well, but then in that Wake Forest meltdown, that's kind of when it all fell apart. But last season, Syracuse, at one point in time, was ranked second in the country in terms of third down defense. That's pretty impressive. For a Syracuse team that really not known for its defense, but once you got them to third down, you kind of figured, all right, they're going to punt or they're going to have to kick a field goal right here. It ended up finishing out at 13th in the country, 31.1%, which is still pretty good. 13th in a country of 129 teams. That is a damn good margin for a defense that's growing brick by brick and also a team that's really not known for defense as well. So a big step was taken in that kind of direction. You kind of saw the secondary really step up on a potential punt situation, or to cause a punt situation, rather. So that, that was good news for the Syracuse defense, but one place in particular where this team struggled was getting to the quarterback. 
And that's something that's going to have to be shored up in 2018 if Syracuse wants to have a chance at a bowl game. Because, yes, the high-flying offense can do all these spectacular things, and Eric Dungy has been a real gamer these last couple of years for Syracuse, and that only looks to get stronger in 2018. But if you're not getting to the quarterback on the defensive side, you're not going to get a lot of stops. And I know I brought up the third down defense, and that's why it's kind of uh, strange and really makes makes you scratch your head of how this whole thing developed. But this team averaged 1.3 sacks per game. That is 112th out of 129 teams in the NCAA from last season. That's a number that's going to have to change in 2018 if the Syracuse team wants a realistic chance at a bowl because you have you've got some great players on that defensive line. Chris Slayton, Dino Baber says he's a future NFL talent. Alton Robinson, a former four-star recruit and had and was committed to Texas A&M back in the day. He's your best guy on that front four. He actually had a pretty good season last year too. Along with that, you also have to factor in the fact that you're getting Kendall Coleman back and, and Hopefully, Josh Black can stay healthy, too. Now, Coleman and Black have been dinged up a little bit throughout their careers and even in camp so far this summer. But if you can get those two guys back and have that experience, because remember, Black and Coleman were both starting as freshmen on this team. So there is plenty of talent on the defensive line. Now you just got to get those guys on the field and keep them on the field consistently if you're going to do anything on that front four because... Uh, yes, there's more experience now in the secondary. You're bringing back three of your four starters in Chris Frederick, Evan Foster, and Scoop Bradshaw. And then this kid I really like, Andre Sisco, is filling in that fourth slot. But you can make this defense go from average to good. And if you can get all the pieces to click, maybe you can get it to great, at least by ACC standards. If Syracuse can get this whole puzzle to fit and it starts on the defensive line, then maybe you got something there. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260, talking the defensive line heading into 2018. And this defensive line is going to have to do some pretty special things. And I I brought up Alton Robinson. I brought up Chris Slayton. You know, Chris Slayton was at ACC Media Day and he was talking to, I'm not exactly sure who it was, but he was talking to someone who, who was kind of, he had some influence in football. And he the, the guy flat out asked him, he was like, how many sacks did you have last year? And Slayton kind of... Now, now Chris Slayton's a quiet guy. He is very reserved, kept to himself. But he, he says, I had one. And he said it like he was embarrassed about it too because this is a guy who Dino Baber says is going to play at the next level, but he's only having one sack in a season on the defensive line. That makes you feel a little cause for concern if one of your best defensive linemen only has one sack on the season. Now, this guy was just kind of peppering up Slayton saying, you got to do this. You got to set these goals for yourself. You got to get to that level. How are you going to break that one sack from the last season? He felt embarrassed about it. And I think that's kind of how this Syracuse defense felt at the end of last year. Remember, this was a unit that was looking pretty good in the middle of that season. You had some great moments throughout the year. You think of the Clemson game, of course. LSU, I mean, that's a defensive game. You you played a great defensive game. NC State even. Ryan Finley is 
considered to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And guess what? He didn't play that great against the Syracuse defense. But you got to the Wake Forest game, and then you get torched by by Matt Colburn. And then you also get torched, uh, I th- believe it was a, the very next week, by Lamar Jackson. And then it all falls apart when A.J. Dillon scampers all over you in Week 12. This defense cannot afford to collapse in November and that's why it needs to stay healthy. And that's why, although Dino Baber says that these injuries and these players that are hurt right now in summer camp are not a big deal, I'm kind of taking it as a big deal right now because you haven't shown me that you can be healthy in November. And if you're not healthy in August, that's going to be a problem down the line because once you get to November, everyone's playing hurt. And if you're not healthy now, August is theoretically when you should feel the best. You should feel about as good as you're going to feel throughout the season in August. Because once you play a game every Saturday or Friday, and then you got practice uh, for the good portion of the week, and you're dinged up in August, that feels like a a red flag for a a defense that, quite frankly, once you get behind your your starting four, not a ton of depth. Uh, Brandon Barry made some nice plays last year but you don't have the depth really behind that. And that's going to be a problem for this team in 2018 if you can't stay healthy because who knows what these defensive ends can bring. This team has not necessarily made the defensive side of the ball a huge priority under Dino Babers. It frankly hasn't. I mean, Dino is known as an offensive coach. And what has he been doing? He's been recruiting a lot of wide receivers and a lot of offensive weapons to make sure this offense can go, go, go. And defense has kind of been put on the back burners a little bit. Now we're starting to see that change a little bit in this recruiting cycle. A lot of defensive players so far. But the past kind of indicates that this team is going to need to pick up a little bit. And along with that, you change schemes. Syracuse is now running that five. Syracuse is now running that four-two-five defense. Again, you lose Paris Bennett. You lose Zaire Franklin from last season. Zaire in the NFL. Paris Bennett gave it a run in the NFL. Didn't quite work out. But those are two of your most important pieces from last year's team gone. And it's influencing it so much to the fact that Dino Baber says, hmm, I think I got to cut one linebacker down. I'd rather throw a nickel back out there like an Antoine Cordy, a freak athlete who can do everything and maybe cause some more turnovers for this team. They're going a little small. But it might work out in the end. But hey, this defense only is as good as this front four will be in 2018. All right, coming up, some basketball thoughts. Darius Baisley, he may be skipping out on college, but he may also be skipping out on the G League. I'll tell you what's going on with DB. That's coming up next. You're listening to Fizz Radio. All right, we're back. Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Aki here with you until 10 o'clock this Saturday morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Glad to have you in. As always, be sure to follow us everywhere online. OrangeFizz.net is where we post all of our articles. And we've also got some great content for you out on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. And most importantly, if you want more episodes of Fizz Radio or podcasts like this one, check us out. Fizz Radio on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. All right, so we just wrapped up some football talk. We'll get to a little bit more with J.D. Rauchy, a colleague of ours at the Fizz, in just a second. But I want to get into a quick basketball little nugget right here. And this is going to make some 
blood boil. If you're driving your car right now, be ready to kind of pull over if you haven't seen the news already yet. But according to ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni, the draft insider for the worldwide leader, Darius Baisley could skip the G League this season. Now, this kid has gone through so much already. Again, remember, before he even committed to Syracuse, he was committed to Ohio State. Then he decommitted. Again, when he decommitted from Ohio State, he was a top 50. He was around a top 50 recruit. And then he commits to Syracuse, plays in some of these big showcases, and catapults his way into the top 15. Just out of nowhere, just has himself a hell of a fall and just skyrockets up all these reports. McDonald's All-American, you know the drill. And then March 29th, he says, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I'm actually going to skip out on the whole college process, go to the G League, go up against some grown men, and get to the NBA that way instead of the conventional college way these last couple of years. But now, and this came out on August 14th, After playing in a little NBA, I believe it was an NBA Academy, or Nike Academy, excuse me, showcase, 26 current college players, 35 high school prospects, NBA scouts in the building, and there's growing speculation amongst NBA scouts that Darius Baisley is going to skip out on the G League because he struggled. He struggled against this grown competition, these college players, and, and now they're starting to think that, hmm... We may have seen the last kind of live action that Darius Baisley is going to do until his 2019 pre-draft workouts. And when I saw this, I just kind of threw my hands up in the air. I was like, all right, what the hell is going on with this kid? Because again, college is no longer an option. Now, I'm not even saying that Syracuse would let him back. And I don't think, quite frankly, they would let him back after... The way he kind of spurned Jim Beheim, I believe he said that he found out Darius Baisley decommitted after he had put the pen to the paper. Darius Baisley decommitted and Jim Beheim found out on a plane. It was either going to or leaving the Final Four. To me, that is just grounds for banishment. And I know Darius Baisley says he's always going to be an orange man at heart. He thinks that since this is the, the program that he was going to call home, it's he's an orange for life. Uh, he left the Jordan Brand Classic in a, a Syracuse hat, so he still loves that program. He's he's tweeted out his, his custom Jordans that he's got that are all Syracuse'd out, got some auto on there, got some block S's on there, but now he is, uh, it seems like he might be a free agent again in some sorts, if he's not going to go to the G League. But Syracuse, I don't think, even if he would have come back to college, I don't think Syracuse would have been interested. But again, it's all off the table now, even with the new rules in college basketball, that you can hire an agent. Darius Baisley cannot play college basketball anymore because he has hired Rich Paul, who is also LeBron James's agent. And because of that, He's kind of stuck in no man's land if he's not going to the G League. He's going to opt for more of the private workout type of deal. He's, I'm honestly a little bit surprised he's not thinking about playing overseas um, like Billy Preston, I believe, did. Or, or like the, the balls out in Lithuania. Like, Why wouldn't Darius Baisley maybe try to find some lower tier 
type of professional league. Because, I mean, listen, LaMelo Ball, LiAngelo Ball, LaMelo's much better than LiAngelo is, but even LaMelo Ball and, and LiAngelo were kind of tearing it up out in Lithuania. Darius Baisley is much better than both of those two. Darius Baisley could go to a Lithuanian team and tear it up. Now, again, that's kind of under the mantra that, oh, this kid wants to go out and chase money. I don't know if that's necessarily the case if he was going to the G League, especially with all the reports that kind of came out about college basketball. Not that I think Syracuse was doing anything shady under the table with Baisley, but Again, he was going to make a base salary of, I think the, the G League actually just got a bump up to, I want to say, thirty two grand a year. Which, I mean, for for an 18, 19-year-old kid, that's a lot of money. $32,000 grand a year. I mean, these kids probably haven't, they haven't accumulated thirty two grand in their lives. Not even close to thirty two grand in their lives. Now that you're going to get it in one year, and I know to maybe the average person that's not a ton of money, But to an 18, 19-year-old kid, he's got a mom, single mother, 32 grand's a lot of money, (laughs) and it can go quite a long way, and you're not living out in some foreign country, too. But the G League, it's it's a long life, it's a rough life, and maybe it's not for Darius Baisley, because you're going to go through against some of these big boys that have been, they've been playing basketball for a long time now. They've been playing professionally for anywhere between one and, dare I say it, nine, ten years for some of them. You're listening to Fizz Radio, Score 1260, Tyler Anki talking some Darius Baisley news. Baisley could skip out on the G League. These reports coming from ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni, Draft Insider. I believe he was formerly of Draft Express before. He, he always get, gave out kind of the, the, one of the better mock drafts that you could get from going from college to pro. So with that being said, Darius Baisley, he might be kicking himself right now. And I really do think he should be kicking himself because Syracuse gave you the platform to play on the biggest stage. And again, this is something that he would not have known at the time, but you're going to play Duke twice this year. Those are two nationally televised games. Those are going to be ESPN, Primetime, Big Monday. Whenever the schedule comes out, you will be seeing Syracuse and Duke on the mothership of college basketball that is ESPN. You're also going to play in the ACC every night against some of the best players in the country. And again, I mentioned Duke. They've got some of the, I believe, the top three recruits in the country going there, or three of the top four, depending on what site you use. But you got some absolute ballers in the ACC from freshmen, out of freshmen. You think you got, at Duke alone, you got R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson. And Duke's already out making highlight tapes out in Canada. And and maybe you're thinking, wow, that seems going to be really good. I wouldn't buy too much stock into that quite yet because with Duke, uh, again, you're playing against some some Canadian team. Not nearly the competition you're going to get in the ACC or, or the rest of college basketball. But again, you got those three freshmen. You also have Nasir Little at UNC. And, and Darius Baisley could have been an all-ACC freshman team. And, and quite frankly, that all-ACC freshman team could very well be an all-ACC team. An all-ACC first team. That's how good this ACC freshman class is. I believe that there's like five to seven 
of the top 15 all playing in the ACC, maybe even the top 10. I, I, I'd have to double check. I haven't looked at the recruiting rankings in a while. But you've got that much talent in one conference alone in the freshman class, and you're going to go toe-to-toe. And I think really where I thought I saw Darius Baisley get a lot of his confidence was when he played against Romeo Langford on ESPNU. And Baisley outperformed Romeo Langford like no other. He embarrassed Romeo Langford. Unfortunately, he fouled out of the game but and, and couldn't play in the overtime, so his team lost. But, I mean, that's where I kind of saw the wheels start turning for a guy like Darius Baisley. And if he did that and he kind of showed up against some of these top-level guys in the ACC, the Nasir Littles, the, the Duke trio that they've got going down in Durham, if he started to play and battle against those guys every night and show that he could battle against and hang with those guys, then maybe he thinks, hmm, I really got something going here, and he turns into an electrifying player. I think that if Darius Baisley stayed in college, that would have been the best possible thing for him, but now he's fi- kind of figuring it out that maybe, hmm, the G League isn't for me. And while I, I've kind of teetered on the line of, is this a mistake, is this not a mistake, of him leaving for the NBA, or rather for the G League, in hopes of pursuing an NBA dream. I've teetered on that line a little bit because, again, you don't know what's going on in this kid's life. Maybe he needs the money. Maybe he just genuinely wants to go up against these these NBA-level caliber players. But now, it, it again, hindsight's twenty twenty. but Darius ba- Baisley... Probably kicking himself that he did not follow through with his commitment to Syracuse. And again, you hire the agent, it's too late now. So, all right, coming up next, J.D. Rouch, he's going to join us. We'll talk a little bit more football. That's on the way. Dino Babers with some interesting comments with our Fizz founder, Damon Amendolar. That was on the Jim Rome show earlier this week. We'll have that on the other side. You're listening to Fizz Radio. Welcome back, Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Rocky just wrapped up some basketball talk, some new things going on with Darius Baisley. If you missed any of that, be sure to check it out on iTunes. Subscribe to us, Orange Fizz. You'll get all the latest Fizz Radio episodes and Fizzcasts from that. And right now, we're joined by a colleague of ours at the Fizz, J.D. Rauchy. Going to talk some SU football, some interesting comments made by Dino Babers this week on the Jim Rome Show, which was hosted by Damon Amendolara, the founder of The Fizz. He was subbing in for Jim Rome. JD, how you doing? Doing pretty good. All right, so some, some interesting comments made by Dino Babers regarding the 2018 season, and DA, a Syracuse alum, talking to the Syracuse head coach, kind of has a pulse of where the fan base is right now, and I think DA asked him the question about where or what this team needs to do, and if this is going to be a disappointment of a season if Syracuse doesn't get to a bowl game. So I present this to you. First, well, let's just listen to what Dino had to say real quick. Going into the season, do you feel like year three for your program, bowl or bust? Is it healthy to say we need to make a bowl game? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I would be disappointed if we didn't. I don't think it's a bust, but uh, I think we're at, the, we're at the stage of our development where that should be something that we should be seriously considering. So with that being said, do you agree that this is not a bust 
if Dino Babers and the Orange do not get to a bowl game in 2018? No. I just don't, I just don't understand how you couldn't call that a bust. You look at the schedule. It's not really as stacked as it was last year. You don't really have an LSU on your schedule. Yeah, you've got to go down to the other Death Valley, go down to Clemson and play them at their place. So that's going to be a tough game. But then you look at some of the other conference games you've got. you got North Carolina, and who the heck knows what Larry Fedora is thinking down there. But this is a, <laughs> this is a team that can easily win six games this year. Eric Dungy's in his senior season. Yeah, you got Tommy DeVito behind him. He could kind of place him, replace him seamlessly when next year comes about. But really, it's now or never. Yeah, you've got a couple of new pieces on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a couple of new linebackers. But when push comes to shove, Syracuse has come so close in the last two years. Four wins in each of the last two years, a 4-8 and eight record. You still don't have a win after the bye game or a bye week. You, you still don't have any, any of that kind of stuff. You have got to be looking for it, and you have got to be calling for it a bowl game this year that is the next logical step you can't say oh we got five wins this year that's an improvement or like we said last year a lot a lot of moral victories for this Syracuse team playing LSU close a couple of other games throughout the season uh yeah it's a victory when you beat Clemson but when you can't add on top of that and you can't do anything more on top of that that just shows that there there's there's this extra step that Syracuse has to take and I think the bowl game is that next logical step I'm not asking you to play in the Orange Bowl, and I'm not asking you to play in the Sugar Bowl. I'm just asking you to get to a bowl. That's so. That's all you need because that's the next logical step in the progression of this program and the progression of this team and the progression of Dino Babers. Because if he wants to recruit guys moving forward, he has got to show he can win. He had a good recruiting class this year, but again, it kind of fell apart with Tyrone Sampson. Uh, Tyrone Sampson not coming to Syracuse. You got a, a couple of other pieces. You think back to Jack Smith, a linebacker that ends up going elsewhere for Dino. You can't imagine if you still can't make a bowl game in your third year with all of quote unquote your guys that the recruiting's going to get any better. So there's there's like long term implications if uh, Syracuse doesn't make a bowl game this year. It's not just oh we didn't make a bowl game that stinks. It's the fact that your program could really see some repercussions moving forward, especially on the recruiting trail. Yeah, and I think it's very fair to say this is a must-get-to-a-bowl-game year for Syracuse. I mean, you look at some of the other programs from around the country, the one that I like to kind of compare Syracuse to a little bit is Iowa State. They bring in a new coach with Matt Campbell, and I believe it was his second year last year, but he completely flipped this program around. I mean, you think Iowa State, that football is the last thing you think about the Cyclones, and Matt Campbell's bringing them to a bowl game, not only bringing them there, but winning a bowl game for them against Memphis, and then along with that, also getting your team ranked and in the time being as well, and kind of establishing yourself as a solid football program across the country, and along with that, you look at some other programs, and Purdue, what they've done, I believe Purdue went to a bowl game last year, but they flipped the switch, I mean, they haven't been football relevant really since Drew Brees, it feels like. And now all of a sudden, they're kind of a player in the Big Ten now. And uh, again, it's just Syracuse has had the time now. And they've brought in the guy. And that guy is supposed to be Dino Babers. And to me, if you're not getting to that bowl game this year, then it feels a little disappointing. You're listening to Fizz Radio here on the Score 1260. Tyler Aki talking with J.D. Rauchy. One kind of counterpoint that I will bring up to this whole bowl game kind of talk is, now I don't think this is going to happen because Syracuse is a Power 5 team, but okay, look at their Week 1 opponent. It's Western Michigan, a team that went 6-6 six and six last year, and you think 6 wins, you think bowl game, but guess what? Broncos didn't go to a bowl game last year. They were kind of the odd man out. 
if Syracuse does get to six and six and hey, the, the committee just kind of says, hey, too many cooks in the kitchen. Sorry, you're not going bowling. Is six and six to you considered to be a successful season? I don't think so. Just because like when you look at Western Michigan, like you said, it's it's, it's a non it's a non power five school. They're there. They were in their first season without PJ Fleck. They were going through a ma- just a major overhaul of their program. And, and now you look at your, in your third year with Dino Babers, you're looking at a program that should be and at what, what what at one time was very relevant in the Big East in the 1990s, early 2000s. You're looking at a program that at one point had a Heisman winner, at one point had probably the best football player to ever live in Jim Brown. There's a lot of historical significance, and yeah, you haven't had that kind of success over the last couple of seasons, but there's still some sort of there's some sort of expectation if you're Syracuse that you got to be playing a little bit better than four and eight ball. And even if you do get to six and six and you don't get in a bowl game, which, like you said, I don't think it's going to happen. I think any Power Five team that gets to six wins is likely going to play in a bowl game, no matter what. But if the committee says or whoever picks it, I don't even know who picks it at this point with all the kind of turnover we've had. But if they decide, hey, you're not good enough, I think that's still not a success. You've got to show these guys that there is some sort of relevance. And then there, that there is some sort of heartbreak and heartbreak, heartbeat, excuse me, and some sort of pulse in this team and in this program that they can get the job done and play in the postseason. Yeah, and you, you think along those lines too of okay, maybe if you did get to six and six, and again, both you and I are in the camp that even if this happened and they weren't selected for a bowl game, that we just don't think that's a possibility. We don't think that's on the table, but electrifying offense like Syracuse—that's probably a big reason why you get to six and six. You probably factor in that there was an upset along the way somewhere as well. Maybe you beat a team like a Notre Dame or, or an NC State or something along those lines. But it, it would be a real punch in the gut if Syracuse was kind of left out, even at 5-7, and seven, and they weren't one of the 5-7s and sevens picked. It would really, really feel like it, there would be a dark cloud looming over the Syracuse community because... You kind of did all you could, and it still wasn't enough. It's frustrating for a team that Dino Babers, again, like you kind of mentioned earlier, he's got his guys in there now. And this should kind of be the turning point where things start to look a little bit differently, but you've been battling some injuries. November has been a month from hell for you the past two seasons, and there's just still a lot of question marks around this football team. And I just think it it just sucks the air out of the program. All that good stuff that we see from Dino, and all everybody in Syracuse loves him. He's a congenial guy. Everybody loves his attitude. He has the best press conferences of any coach in the country. He has all these mama bear and bacon the cake and all this kind of stuff and all this all these positive vibes around Dino Babers is our guy. He is going to get us to the promised land. If you don't make a bowl game, that kind of – not nostalgia, but mystique around the program is kind of just vacuumed right out. You just don't have it anymore. Now you're like, well, is Dino the guy? Can he get us to the promised land? Can he? There just becomes a lot of questions that you don't have a lot of answers to if Dino Babers in year three can't get you where you need to be. I think there, there's a lot of pressure on Dino this year to get the job done and to get his this team especially if they stay healthy. If you have Eric Dungey for all 12 games, you have got to be getting to a bowl game if you're Syracuse. Yeah, and I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. If Eric Dungey's playing 12 games this year, Syracuse is definitely a bowl team. I, I'd like to think so, but again, like 
we only saw, what, two, two and a half games last year without him, and they just, everything fell apart. It wasn't even just the offense that looked bad. I think especially back It was just the morale of the entire team. It just took a complete nosedive. I just think back to the Wake Forest game. Like, I was right. there uh, I was there covering it for Fizz, and the, Syracuse had a lead. They had a pretty sizable lead. Yep. And then the defense I believe it was 17 just, points. Absolutely. The defense just imploded in the second half. Syracuse scores five points, a field goal from Cole Murphy, and then a blocked extra point returned for two points by Scoop Bradshaw are the only points you score in the entire half. You get outscored by something like, I think it was like, 40 to 5, like third, like almost five touchdowns yeah. in the second half to a Wake Forest team that, yeah, they had a veteran quarterback and they're not that bad, but still, Wake Forest is one of those middling ACC teams that if you're Syracuse, those are the teams you should have your very best games against because those are your most direct competition. That's the kind of thing that we saw. The just the, Again, like I said, the air just sucked out of the team. You said it. The morale just sucked out of the team, and it looked like people gave up. I also think the Louisville game was a lot like that, especially on the defensive side of the ball where Lamar Jackson was just throwing dots over the defense. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is one of the most electrifying players to ever play the game of college football, but still, your, your defense just got absolutely railroaded. And we thought at the middle part of the season, before those two games, the defense was the most, most impressive part of the season. We thought, oh, absolutely. this is actually really good. Yeah, this I talked about them a little earlier. Really good. And it, 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 it fell apart. Yeah, I just think you got to have, you got to keep it together this season just for the morale of the program. The guys coming up, the Trill Williams, the Taj Harris's, the, the Cameron uh, Jordans, the Cam Jonas's of the, of the world, you've got to be able to keep it together for them. And a guy like Tommy DeVito, I think, too, you suck the air out of him and said, Hey, I came here to try to be the starter. I'm not going to be the starter till my junior year, and we haven't even gone to a bowl game in my time. Like, why? Not why do I care? But there's a little bit less motivation. There's a little bit less behind you to really try and go out and play your best every day if you know your team is just going to fall apart after the bye week, like we've seen Syracuse do the last two seasons. All right, that's JD Rauchi, a part of the Fizz Ohana, here with us on Orange Fizz. Oh, wait, JD, I actually have one last question for you. I know you were born and bred Notre Dame fan. The new Notre Dame jerseys are out for the game against Syracuse. They've got the Yankee pinstripes. And just seeing those scream Syracuse upset to me. Awful. They're so bad. (laughs) They're just so, so ugly. I saw the the jerseys themselves, like the tops, and I was like, boy, these are pretty ugly. They had the pinstripe in the the helmet insignia. And you're a Yankee fan too, aren't you? Yes, I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm seeing pinstri- I'm seeing two of my favorite teams come together, and they're just atrocious. I puked I, in my oh, mouth I, at, when I saw those. At first, I only saw the top, and then I saw they're wearing pinstripe bottoms. <laughs> they're so, so terrible. We're going to be seeing Giancarlo Stanton out there, Aaron Judge. I understand what they're going for, but goodness, they're ugly. That I mean, is not great. Talk about two of the biggest snob organizations in sports, Notre Dame and the New York Yankees, and just mixing them together. Just they're just they're not even it's not even a marriage. It's just a they're just throwing them together. They're putting one on the wall and just throwing the next one right into it. Oh, it's like it's like that Kardashian and Chris Humphreys. It is it's, ugly. It's just falling apart. It's just falling apart in seventy days or less. Oh, man, yeah, that's that's going to be a fun game, though, out at Yankee Stadium. So Syracuse will get back there, I believe, for the first time since the Pinstripe Bowl a couple it's years been a ago. While. So 
That'll be fun. Syracuse, and again, that's a game, too, that a lot of people are saying maybe has trap game uh, potential in it. So we'll see about that. I actually also saw something on Twitter. It was like a, it was that jersey, and then they put like a Duke patch on the center, yes, and then a Lakers patch, and a Cowboys patch, and <laughs> just all the sellout organizations of yeah, American sports. Yeah, did you sports. see what they put on top? Yeah, like, it was Drake. Where, like, mm-hmm. It was Drake. It was Drake. Because yep. apparently Drake's a Duke fan now. Yep. No Kentucky Blue on there, though. So, All right, J.D., thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely, as always. All right, we'll talk soon. We've got the Fizz comprehensive season preview rolling around, and J.D. will be a part of that. All right, coming up next, we've got Fizz feedback on the way. Stick around. It's Fizz Radio. All right, up against the clock here on Fizz Radio. Got about four minutes left with you on the score 1260. I'm Tyler Rocky. Time for Fizz feedback. I throw out questions on our Twitter account, at Orange Fizz. You guys respond to those in the polls and maybe even respond with a comment or two as well. Let's get into it right away because we got some good stuff here. First off, and this is addressing what I just talked about with J.D. Rauchy in the last segment Dino Babers says that 2018 is not a bowl or bust season. Do you agree? These answers really surprised me. Now, No is the leader in the clubhouse at 58%, and I thought No would be the leader. But yes, coming in at 42%, that kind of threw me for a loop there. I thought this was going to be a heavy, like, 80-20 But the fact that yes has seemingly doubled that margin, and I'll read through some of the comments here we got here. First, starting off with at CuseOrangeFan44, not bust per se, but if they don't win at least five games, the natives will start to get restless. Those crazy natives always hyping up their Syracuse football team. They love themselves from Syracuse football. But I, I disagree with this comment a little bit. If they don't, well... I half agree, half disagree. If they don't win five games, the Natives are going to get restless. Absolutely. But if they don't win five games, or rather, if they don't win six games and get to a bowl, I think the Natives are still going to get restless here. Because I think that the this team needs to get to a bowl now. We're seeing what some of these other programs are doing right now on quick turnarounds with new head coaches, Iowa State with Matt Campbell, Purdue. These teams are flipping the switch and getting to bowl games and putting together winning seasons. And Syracuse, quite frankly, needs to get to that point as well. Next up, this one comes from at Heshson. A lot depends on if Dungy can make it through the season. That, I think, is a given. If Eric Dungy's playing 12 games this year, this is a Syracuse team that's going to get a 13th game too. Because if Eric Dungy is out there, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, in my opinion, especially in the ACC. Kind of feels like a two-dog race between him and Ryan Finley for that top honor. And quite frankly, I think Eric Dungy is better than Ryan Finley. We saw them square off head-to-head, and this was against a Syracuse defense that isn't very highly regarded. And Eric Dungy didn't play that great of a game, yet still outplayed Ryan Finley in that one. And that was going up against Bradley Chubb, too, which is a guy who Eric Dungy has a lot of respect for. Last one here, this one comes from at ChrisO2M. No, there are plenty of bowl games and the schedule is easy enough to win six games. I completely agree with you, ChrisO2M. I believe that this Syracuse schedule is certainly easy enough. There are six wins in there. And if you're optimistic, you can maybe squeeze in a seventh because, hey, 
if this team is healthy and things get rolling and who knows, maybe even if Eric Dungy goes down and this Tommy DeVito kid is the real deal, then eh, maybe, maybe Syracuse not in such bad shape. You're not rolling with a guy like Zach Mahoney, who you have in years past, who really, again, just nothing against Zach Mahoney, but this is a former Juco guy and a walk-on. Didn't have an offer at Syracuse, finally got that scholarship senior season because, quite frankly, he gave this program some absolutely wonderful things in his brief time at SU. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Fizz Radio. We'll be back next week. I'm Tyler Aki. I'll catch you later, Orange Nation. 